Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, let's talk about the aftermath of the collapse against the Charlotte Hornets. The sky's not falling. I feel like this is, uh, I don't know, there's a few different ways to look at this. Let's look at the upcoming schedule, ways to right the ship, and also another quick peek at, at like, good teams have rough patches, right? Let's talk a little bit about that. Yes, there's some X's and O's that, you know, are the reason they lost against Charlotte. Let's talk about the vibes overall. Plus, the pre- uh, preview of the matchup with the Washington Wizards on Wednesday night. It's all coming. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves are in Washington, D.C. to take on the Wizards tonight. The front end of a road back to back and the start of a four game road trip. We will talk about that matchup. First time we've seen the Wizards this year. And of course, they just made a trade here in the last uh, week-ish or so, week and a half or so. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that, what to expect. I want to spend most of the show talking about the aftermath of the hideous loss to the Hornets on Monday night. Uh, That's where we'll spend most of our time here today. First of all, though, here off the top, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, you can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, as well as, uh, well, yeah, Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, which you can find on both your Roku and your Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. You can also follow the show on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so Timberwolves lose the Hornets on Monday night. Everybody knows the story. 62 points by Cat. They end up losing by three. Uh, you know, he had, what, 44 in the first half. Timberwolves went stagnant with their ball movement in the fourth quarter throughout the game. There was little to no perimeter defense played by the Timberwolves. I did kind of an immediate autopsy reacting to it late Monday. I recorded that. That was Tuesday's show. Hopefully listen to that. Also the postcast. Hopefully listen to that with um, Tyler Metcalf on with Luke Inman Monday night live after the game. So lots of reaction for you here. Uh, this is a bit more of a bigger picture postmortem after sleeping on it, spending you know twenty four plus hours thinking about this. Um, a couple of different things here. First of all, let's acknowledge that absolutely there were X's and O's reasons for losing this game, right? Like obviously, and and I covered a lot of that on Tuesday's show. Horrific perimeter defense to a person, right? Ant, Jaden McDaniels. Nikhil Alexander-Walker was not quite himself in this game. Mike Conley did not play in this game. Across the board, the perimeter defense, the containment was really bad, except for actually Rudy Gobert uh, when he was switched on to LaMelo late in the game and and did a great job, stayed in front of him, right? Like, I mean, he was the best, I don't know, the best perimeter defender on the Wolves in this game, right? Uh, The Cat sideshow impacted the way that the Timberwolves were playing, and that's partly Cat's fault, certainly. You know, Cat's... Cat's fault, right? It was also his teammate's fault. Um, the whole thing kind of like spiraled within the, it was kind of gnawing in the back of all of our minds, I think, like, hey, they got to win this game. Like, 
eh, they're only up 10. They're only, even when they're up like, what, 16, 17 towards the end of the third quarter, it was like, wait a minute. At that point, it started to feel a little more comfortable. And as I detailed on Tuesday, the start of the fourth quarter wasn't the first like five possessions were empty possessions and not because they were forcing the ball to cat. They just missed open shots. And then and then there was the cat for whatever reason, the game tightened. And then it was like, oh, we got to force feed cat and things got rough middle of the fourth quarter. Um, and then, of course, Anthony Edwards was sick. He shot like attempted one shot in the first two and a half quarters. Never really looked into it. Scored, uh, what, nine points on 11 shots, I think, in the game. Was not himself, and Mike Conley didn't play. Like, there's X's and O's reasons. There's excuses. There's also the 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 officiating debacle at the end of the game. I barely touched on it because the Wolves should have never been in that spot, right? And as I said on X, I, I posted this after the game on, on Monday night, both can be true. Cat can be at fault here. The team could have played terribly, and the officials could have messed up at the end of the game. Turns out they messed up even worse than I thought they had messed up. I didn't talk about this on the show, but the possession before or a couple possessions before when ball got hacked at the rim by Kyle Anderson, that was a pretty obvious foul that wasn't called. The last two-minute report from the NBA, they send for the last two minutes of games that finish within four points or are within are within a possession of the final four minutes, I think is the definition of a crunch game, crunch time game or a, a, a close late situation. The officials missed 10 calls in the final two minutes, six of which disadvantaged the Wolves, one of which was they called it on the wrong player on, on Charlotte, so it didn't technically disadvantage either team, and then three that disadvantaged Charlotte. So twice as many calls that went against Minnesota, including two fouls on the final possession of the game, two fouls against Carl Anthony Towns, both of which should have led to free throws for Cat with at the time the Wolves down by one. So uh, obviously an officiating debacle at the end of the game too. Like all of this stuff is true, we also have to do a bit of a vibe check here. Are we actually worried? Like, and and if you just, this is a dangerous thing to do, but survey the masses, you just look on Twitter, you look on X, wherever, uh, whatever forum your, your favorite Wolves fandom forum or whatever is, you know, the vibes feel a little iffy. And I think it's important to just kind of like, hey, remember, before they lost to OKC in what was a very close game that they just lost by five, and before they lost to Charlotte in a game that they definitely should have won, they had just won four straight, and that included a very nice win over the Clippers. A you know lackadaisical win over Detroit, a dominant win over Portland, and also what became a dominant win over Memphis on national TV after they lollygagged around for three quarters. This was like, yeah, these losses aren't great, and going all the way back to Christmas, like we talked about that that stretch going to back to December 11th, you know, they won went nine and seven in this murderers row of 16 playoff teams, 16 teams over 500. Like it's been a tough schedule. And now sitting here right now, after losing two in a row, it's like, Oh man, now they go out on the road. They have this back to back, but like, look at who they're playing, right? Washington, Brooklyn, San Antonio, they better win all three of those games or, you know, with the back to back and their two out of three is still not, you know, you'd like to win all three. You should win all three, right? They're going to be favored in all three of those games easily. At Oklahoma City and then home for Dallas aren't easy, but home for Orlando, home for Houston aren't super easy, but they're both games they'll be favored in. And then you go at Chicago. You have another at Portland uh, the night before Valentine's. Like, this is a very favorable schedule. And while the Wolves already messed up one of those games, they've done well with those other ones, right? They beat Portland handily. They beat Detroit. They beat Memphis. If they continue winning these games against the bottom-feeding teams in the league at an 80-ish percent clip, they're going to be in really good shape here. Remember, they banked a lot of wins early. Um, a couple other things related to this. 
before I get into like, I do want to do some quick comparisons to, and I know maybe, I don't know, maybe Wolves fans don't want to hear this, but championship teams, top seeded teams lose games to bad teams sometimes. They also have really bad stretches. And as bad as things may have felt last night or Monday night after the loss of the Hornets, and they should have, uh, like, it should be nowhere near the rock bottom that some of these other recent top-seeded teams and and uh, eventual champion teams found themselves. Before I get to that, though, a, a quick reminder. This Timberwolves team is still number one in the entire NBA, even after giving up 128 points to the fourth-worst team in the league. They're number one in defensive rating, no matter what site you look at. They're number one in effective field goal percentage defensively. They are a top 10 rebounding team on the defensive end of the floor. This is a team that was bottom five all of each of the last couple of years. Cleaning the glass, they're number 10, which filters out garbage time. And that's that's essentially defensive rebound rate. On uh, basketball reference, they're actually second. But use the cleaning the glass number. They're 10th, and they're only you know three percentage points away from Detroit, who's uh, seventh. And they're still top 10 in opponent free throw rate. So they are top 10 in three of the four defensive factors and number one in the most important one, which is opponent effective field goal percentage. And they're 12th in opponent turnover rate. That's not bad. This is still a really good defense. If you want to play around and look at like the last two weeks, which I, you know, I don't love that because it's arbitrary and there's lots of other factors that go into it. Anecdotally, you'd be like, ah, yeah, man, it's been rough lately. Well, guess what? They're fifth in point differential league wide over the last two weeks. They're still third in defense over the last two weeks. And they're actually 14th in offense over the last two weeks, a top half of the league offense, which obviously that's where this team should be anyway. But compared to the season long, you know, hovering around 20th, it's not bad. So even if we don't want to hear it, the sky is not falling. I do want to do that comparison to, I want to look actually real quick at last year's Nuggets team, the Warriors championship team from two years ago, and then also the Memphis Grizzlies from two years ago, who are, um, you know, not really a comp for Minnesota, but a little bit in the sense that they were an up-and-coming team that got to the second round of the playoffs, actually beat the Wolves in the playoffs that year. So there's some parallels there in terms of their profile as a team versus a been-there-done-that team like the Warriors or a team like the Nuggets who hadn't been there, done that, but had a reigning MVP on their team last year. So I want to do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. Take a fun, short quiz. My wife and I did this. It was actually, it was a ton of fun. Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. They'll ask what flavors you like, what kitchen appliances you use, and more. And then they'll keep your needs and preferences top of mind to start building your cart with delicious recipes and all your grocery needs for the week. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your tastes. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks and sweets, and much more. Hungry Root goes beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of your fridge. It's a problem that we always have. And Hungry Root, they they, they give you the right portions um, and the right recipes, so you're not going to have anything that ends up going to waste. The best part is Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Spend less time meal planning, shopping, and cooking, and more time enjoying healthy food that you'll actually love with Hungry Root. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA channel listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Locked On 
to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Again, HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is also brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Going back to this vibe check here. All teams slump. Put simply, all teams slump. I talked about this a few weeks ago when the Wolves first kind of hit that rough patch. They lost two in a row for the first time. This is important. And I, like, um, Timberwolves fans are not used to being fans of a good team. And, you know, we're always waiting for the other shoe. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're well aware of the other shoe, right? We're always waiting for that other shoe to drop. I get it. It happens all the time to Timberwolves fans. You know, the end of last year, it was the injury. It was the Jaden punching the wall. It was the Nas broken wrist. It was the, um, you know, the the Rudy Kyle Anderson thing, right when things are running into shape. I don't need to take you back, right? And that's on top of the cat injury, all that stuff. Uh, so we're, you know, Wolves fans are still generally waiting for the other shoe. Well, guess what? We're more than halfway through the schedule. The Wolves have still not lost more than two games in a row this season. Go back to last year's Denver team. They lost three out of, actually, they lost uh, three out of four, and they lost four out of six in mid-November. They lost three in a row in early December. They lost three out of four in early January. Like, this is a pattern that happened frequently, and actually, look at March last year for Denver. They lost four in a row at one point to a combination of non-playoff teams and first-round exit teams, to a 40-win Bulls team, uh, like 22-win Spurs team, a Nets team that was swept in the first round of the playoffs, and a non-playoff Raptors team. That's four consecutive losses to teams that either were swept in the first round or didn't make the playoffs last year. And then they beat the lowly Pistons only to go and lose to you know a good Knicks team, but still lose to the Knicks uh, a couple nights later. So they lost four in a row to bad teams and five out of six overall in mid-March. Can you imagine? It might still happen. We're only in January, right? If this is if this is the the, the hand wringing over a, albeit horrible loss. It's late January. This team is still, you know, one of the best five teams in the NBA. And then to close the season, you might remember this: the end of March into early April, Denver lost five out of six games. They lost to the Pelicans by nineteen. Only scored eighty eight points in that game. The Pelicans, of course, ended up being a uh, a play and loss team, or. Yeah, play and loss team to the Thunder. 
They lost to the Suns. They lost at the Rockets, who were bad. They lost at the Suns, and they lost at the non-playoff Utah Jazz. Sandwich Toronto win against the Warriors. So if you take March and April together, they went on a streak from March 8th to, to uh, the last game of the season, April 9th. So a month. We'll call it a month. And the eventual champion Denver Nuggets went 7-9 and nine and backed their way into the playoffs. That was at the end of the regular season last year. That happens to teams. You want to talk the year before, the Golden State Warriors, who won the title. They had a stretch from early February to early March, basically another month. They went 2-8 and eight over the course of 10 games. And that included a loss at the Utah Jazz, who I guess that year were a first-round-and-out team. Uh, a loss to the Knicks, who were not a playoff team that year. A loss to the Timberwolves, who were a first-round-and-out playoff team that year. Um, you know, a couple good teams in there, but they still lost 8 out of 10. And then in March, they had another stretch where they lost 7 out of 8. This is a team that won 53 games and won the title. And in that 7 out of 8 stretch, they lost to the Spurs. They lost at the Magic. They lost at the Hawks. They lost at the Wizards. So this stuff happens. And that was a veteran, you know, a team that had been there, done that for the most part, the Golden State Warriors. But can you imagine if the Timberwolves had lost or or at any point do lose consecutive games to like, in this case, it was a 34-win Spurs team and then a 22-win Magic team in consecutive games? The sky would absolutely be falling. Take the Memphis Grizzlies from that season, the 21-22 season, the parallel being it was Jaws' third year. I know this is Ant's fourth, but it was Jaws' third year. The year Memphis got the three seed beat, you know, they started the year terribly. Remember they were, uh, what was it, six and seven, nine and nine and ten by Thanksgiving, and then surged over the, the second part of the year. Jaw got hurt. They played well while he was out. He came back, and they were awesome. They beat the Wolves in the first round of the playoffs, eventually lose to the Warriors, actually, in the second round of the playoffs. But that Grizzlies team, even once they started playing well, right? Like even once they got past the nine and 10 start towards the end of the year, I mean, they lost to the Hawks. They finished the year losing three out of four, including a loss at the Jazz, at the Nuggets, and a loss to the Celtics. It's obviously a you know a tough schedule, but they lost three out of four to close the season. Uh, at one point during that year, they lost three consecutive games. One was to a 27-win Trailblazers team. And then the next night, they lost to a 24-win Thunder team. So consecutive losses to sub-27-win teams in a season. Like, like this stuff happens. That's the point. Maybe I'm belaboring the point a little, but I think it's important to remember this. It doesn't make it any more excusable. I'm not making excuses. I'm trying to provide context for, hey, this is an 82-game season, and this loss to the Hornets counts the same as the Game 3 loss to the Hawks. Do you remember the, the night of that loss to the Hawks, how the Wolves collapsed in that game? That was one of the hardest podcasts I've done after that game. It was a horrendous loss. They were one and two. Everyone was ready to run Finch and Gobert and everybody out of town. This loss to the Hornets, it hurts because Cat scored 62 and it wanted, it should have been a celebration. And now the stakes seem so high and they are high for every game because they've been first in the West for so long. But the game counts the exact same. The exact same as the season opening loss to the Raptors or the game three loss to the Hawks. There's no difference. And it's important. It's very important to remember that. 
I gave all right before you know end of the last segment. I gave all the cleaning the glass numbers. This is still the best defensive team in the league, um, like across the board. And I talked on the post game podcast on Tuesday about the issues that happened on Monday. Like I, I'm not overly worried that suddenly Jaden McDaniel's, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Anthony Edwards all forgot how to defend on the perimeter. It was a combination of things: Ant's illness, not getting up for a Charlotte game. You know. I'm not saying they intentionally let the Hornets hang around because they wanted Cat to stay in the game and score points, but I'm sure subconsciously it's like, oh, we'll win this track meet, get Cat a bunch of points. Conley not playing certainly impacted both the actual perimeter defense and then also I'm sure the way these guys were operating, you know, on a string defensively or, or not on a string defensively, right? So all that to say, the schedule that I referenced earlier, you got to win three out of four on the road here, Washington, Brooklyn, San Antonio, and then a tough one in OKC next Monday. And then home for Dallas, Orlando, Houston. That's three winnable games. It's a real chance here. You know, say they, uh, like, what, in this next seven games, they should go, they should go five and two. And uh, and then you got some more winnable ones on the road. Chicago and Portland mixed in there with some tough ones. Actually, Portland times two. So, um, and by the way, they're still got, they still have a half game lead over OKC in the West. Like, they're still number one in the Western Conference as surprising as that may be, uh, I'm sorry, they're tied now to OKC. OKC actually just won. Um, As I was recording this podcast, OKC beat Portland by just a bucket. So technically the Wolves are second now because OKC has the tiebreaker at the moment. They also have a better point differential, but the Wolves still have the the third best point differential in the West. They've still got the fifth best point differential in the entire NBA. They're still tied for the second best record in the entire NBA. So the sky has not fallen. And there's a, a lot of opportunity here upcoming to write the ship for Minnesota. I want to preview this matchup against the Wizards who we have not seen yet this year. Old friend Tyus Jones. Let's preview that matchup here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. The NFL only has two weeks left. We have conference championships Sunday upcoming this weekend, followed by the big game a couple of weeks after that. So within three weeks of the big game, there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right. Just a $5 bet, and that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Like live same-game parlays, you can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays and so much more even beyond that. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's talk Wolves-Wizards matchup. The first time we've seen OK, excuse me, first time we've seen Washington this year. Of course, they just traded, they uh, made a trade. They traded Mike Muscala and, um, goodness, my mind is blanking on who else they traded. Uh, two, uh, traded two players to the Pistons, completely, completely blank there. Uh, they did get back Marvin Bagley, who, of course, you know, former, former Sacramento King, um, and he's coming off the bench, or at least has since he's come to Washington, had and has played pretty well. Um, Washington most recently lost by nine to Denver. So they put up a bit of a fight. Um, Kyle Kuzma's had a big year offensively, but he's been horrific on the defensive end of the floor and a, a really a net negative for them. Tyus Jones been, Tyus Jones has really been their best player. Uh, I don't think there's any question. Certainly a chance he gets traded at the deadline. It's not going to be to Minnesota. Uh, we talked about that on the Minnesota basketball party a couple weeks ago, and I'm sure we will. We've got a couple weeks here till the deadline, but Tyus had 15 and 13 last time out against Denver. Jordan Poole's been, 
pretty atrocious for them. So they've got a couple of these high volume, no defense guys in Kuzma and Poole. And as you might expect, this Wizards team is 28th in defensive rating. We just saw the 29th ranked defensive team in Charlotte. And of course, the Wolves already saw the 30th team in the Pacers. Wizards are a bottom three defensive team. They're also a bottom five offense, pretty much no matter how you slice it. They've only won seven games so far this year. Um, although they've had, you know, their Pythagorean wing total is actually 10, meaning they've gotten some bad luck in terms of uh, uh, how they their net rating, basically. Um, so this, uh, I don't know, this this matchup, it like it's obviously another winnable game for Minnesota. Uh, Washington is winnable, I'm putting that lightly. They really should win this game. Washington is dead last in, in rebound rate. On both ends of the floor, they're 30th in offensive rebound rate. They're 30th in defensive rebound rate. Minnesota is now a top 10 defensive rebounding team, no matter how you slice it. They should be able to dominate the glass in this game. And, um, you know, that that should be an area where they get a nice foothold. Um, the Wizards do play at the fastest pace of any team in the league. So that's a, a word of caution for Minnesota. Well, Washington, like, again, they're a bad defensive team. They're actually 11th in defensive turnover rate. So they're dead last in, in defensive rebounding rate. They're 28th in effective field goal percentage. They're middle of the pack in terms of defensive free throw rate, allowing opponents to attempt free throws against them. But they're 11th in turnover rate. So remember after the Wolves lost to the Thunder, the turnover game, they lose by five. They turn it over, what, 23 times, something crazy. OKC came into that game number one in the league in forcing turnovers. The Wolves were number 30 in committing turnovers. Washington's 11th in turnover rate defensively. While they allow a lot of points, they will turn you over and they will run. It's a bit dangerous for this Wolves team, given what just happened against Charlotte. The turnovers were a little too high against Charlotte, but it was more shot selection. Uh, well, they were too high against Charlotte. What, they have like 15 or something? Or maybe, I think it was 13 and Cat had seven of them. So you have to watch the turnovers, and that is evergreen. That's the number one key to the game forever for the Timberwolves right now because they've been so bad turning the ball over and against the team that their only shot, frankly, is to turn the Wolves over a bunch and run and, and increase the number of possessions in the game. And Washington wants to do exactly that. So it's a bit of a scary mat, matchup in that regard. Again, the Wolves should have, a, they will have a size advantage, a massive size advantage as they often do. They will have an advantage on the glass. They're a better shooting team than Washington. Washington's 25th in percentage outside the arc and they are middle of the pack in terms of rate, three-point rate. Um, and they they don't really get to the line either. So they don't shoot and make threes. They don't get to the line. They don't get offensive rebounds. The Wolves should be able to stop this Washington Wizards team. Tyus may not turn the ball over, but other guys will. Uh, I mean, Kuzma turns it over. Like, they've got guys that will turn the ball over, and they're not efficient offensively. If the Wolves can avoid a turnover party in a bad way, like just like a, a cavalcade of turnovers on their end of the floor... And if they can avoid getting sucked into a track meet like they did against Charlotte, they will win this game handily. They're 11-point favorites over at FanDuel. Um, Double-digit road favorites, the front night of a back-to-back. I think it's fair to assume that the Timberwolves really want to win this one after losing Monday night, being embarrassed Monday night. Um, you know, they, they got to win the front end of the back-to-back. Brooklyn the next night, obviously Brooklyn's better, uh, but still a very winnable game. They've been struggling quite a bit lately. They've lost like six out of seven or something like that, and, and more broadly, like 11 out of 13 or something. So um, win the front end of the back-to-back. Worry about Thursday on Thursday. A very winnable game for Minnesota. There's really no excuse to, to not win this one. So slow them down. Don't play their pace. Uh, rebound the ball. Shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue to rebound the basketball. Don't turn it over. It should be a nice win.
All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Uh, if you can't watch the game live, you can listen on SiriusXM. Um, our friend Alan Horton will be calling every bucket of Wolves Wizards on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Minnesota Timberwolves and you'll be able to hear the game there. And of course, it's a 6 p.m. Central tip as well, being that it is in our nation's capital. Um, and then, of course, the live postcast will be, I believe Jack Borman will be joining Luke Inman for the postcast live following the game. So being a six o'clock tip, it'll probably be a little before nine o'clock central when they go live at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. We'll have that audio here after the fact on the Lockdown Wolves audio feed as well. Um, and then also we'll have the Minnesota basketball party. Depending on when you're listening to this, that's the next episode in your feed. You'll be able to listen to that on Lockdown Wolves as well. Uh, myself, um, Jack Borman of Kane Supas, editor-in-chief over there, uh, Reggie Wilson from um, from Care 11, the sports anchor there, and Ron Johnson of the Ron Johnson Show, hosted by Sam Ekstrom. So be sure to check that out as well. That's all we have for you today. A big thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.